The world of motor racing can sometimes be a roller coaster of highs and lows, and in some ways that's been the case this season for Manx sidecar driver Harry Payne. The Balasalaman has had a busy calendar in 2023, dominated by competing in this year's FIM Sidecar World Championship alongside TT competitor and passenger Kevin Rousseau. Despite battling some mechanical issues during the season, Payne and Rousseau had numerous positives to take as they secured a top five finish in the championship standings amongst some of the world's best. Both on and off the track, there's many different challenges behind the scenes in the sidecar racing world. So what's it like in the life of someone who lives it from day to day? Well, I caught up with Harry recently to hear about what he's made of his season with the Steinhausen Racing Team and also get his thoughts on some of the talking points around sidecar racing in general right now. It's been tough, but uh, overall we've had a, a really sort of a good time. Yeah, generally it's just been a bit of a struggle really. Uh, the competition this year has been so high, higher than it's been for a long time, which is great. We've just had to sort of stay on our toes the whole season, but uh, yeah, we've we've had some struggles of course and a lot of changes in the year, but we've kind of found our feet now. I mean, it's a whole new setup for this year for me and for the team again. They started up for the first time since uh, 2014, so they've had a bit of time out, out of the of the World Championship, so uh yeah, overall, we've had a bit of a learning year and we've all kind of learned together how we work and, and how, how we need to improve. And we had a brand new bike, a new chassis I'd never sort of ridden. So, yeah, lots of things, lots of changes. And we just had to find our feet a little bit. And hopefully next year we'll, uh, we'll be a bit, a bit closer to the top, like, you know. Like you say, new bike for the uh, for the season as well, but that wasn't the only thing about it. There's uh, you know several things, some big changes actually had to make mid season as well. So, just run us through a couple of the things that you I suppose you you had to adapt to in the middle of the campaign. Well, from the start of the season, obviously new passenger as well, Kevin Rousseau from France. Um, he was spot on, brilliant, great to work with, and uh, together we had a, a, a bit of a challenge because we uh, we made we made some unfortunately some some we trusted some companies to provide us with parts that ended up not being so so good um, we had to change the entire electronic system mid-season um, which was really it was a hard decision for the team to make because they'd, they'd invested a lot of money in this system and it wasn't we didn't have a lot of money to then change it all so they, they wanted to keep trying to persist with the, with correcting the issues with this system uh, so it was like you know we had to cut cut off the dead bit and move on and and that's what we did so that was a big jump in the in the middle of the season and a whole new electronics package uh, which then took some some learning and getting used to you know with the with the staying on top of, you got to stay on top of everything now with these computers uh so yeah that was one of the big changes mid season and it's my first year running with the Wilbur suspension so we we've, we've took a little bit of time to find our feet with it and we're there there thereabouts now it's a really good Really good setup with the the Wilbur shocks. They're really great at supporting us and all the changes we needed to make to to find a good balance. So, all these little things, and of course, in the winter, I, I decided it was a great idea to to uh, build my own bodywork. But I think really uh, we're going to go back to what everyone else is using. What's what what's proven? I think when you you start getting over 100 mile an hour, the effect that the wind has on the bike, if you have a slightly different shape, I think it's 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 really big difference to what you what you think it could be and what you think is good might not necessarily be helping helping us. So uh, just to remove any question, we're just going to put on the same stuff that everyone else is using and yeah, then we can hopefully have a bit of a fight with them, you know. For someone who doesn't have a deep understanding of the, the, the sidecar world like someone like yourself does, you know, how fine a line is, how fine a balance is it really in terms of the financial side but also having to make the necessary changes? Like you say, you had to make some difficult decisions, the team went through with them and you have to battle through them. How 
toughest at, at times trying to balance. We need to make radical changes in some ways, but obviously there's only so much in the bank, I guess, to make it happen. Yeah, exactly that, Rob. Uh, it's It was very tough because we didn't have a title sponsor this year. Our, our total, put it in black and white, we need to find about £100,000 to do this season. And, and total we got across all our sponsorships this year was 20000 So uh, really fortunate to have the support of Mike and Rolf Steinhausen, who, who basically used their own money to, to see us through the season. And yeah, when, you, when you're talking electronics, I mean, the system that we had, we were into it through about 16000 so that's a big thing to sort of take that off middle of the season and say, right, we need to start again. You know, it's a big financial commitment. And we, we just, we, I think a lot of people were struggling with, uh, with sponsorship and, and, and uh, with the current, I don't know, the current climate and, with, you know, economy and things like that. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's been a struggle. Yeah, in general. And not just you know getting the bike prepped, which is of course the number one priority, but it's all the logistics that, that go into that as well. It's obviously getting yourselves to each track around uh, Europe or you know even further beyond in, in some cases as well so when you go through these I suppose challenging patches with the bike and when you've got all this traveling to do everything else that goes on with it how draining is it from uh, I guess in some ways for you know, coming from someone who's who's right in the midst of of all of that yeah it's definitely draining but uh I'm I'm motivated I, I know what I can achieve I believe I what I believe in what I'm doing and, and what I'm trying to achieve and I know that when everything is there, I know what I can I can do and what I can deliver. It's very challenging. It's been very challenging this year, particularly with the hurdles we've had and you know, it's it's something that I'm up against that I I can't really change because yeah, basically because because uh, we don't have the big title sponsorship. But uh, I must say I've had uh, some great support this year, um, especially from Isle of Man Sport, who helped me with my travel on and off Ireland and, and uh you know, into Europe and uh yeah, I've had some support from from Team Cubby down in in Castletown, who's been been great, and also uh, Glenn, my friend Glenn Scott, uh, Glenn Start is supporting me with a van all year, so, so I've been able to to get around, you know, with the bike in the back, and yeah, that's how we've done it. Without these sort of small sponsorships here and there, it doesn't work as a team. You know, we all all together trying to, yeah, they're believing in what I what I believe in, and, and we're trying to go for it all together. That's how it works. You know, it's sponsorships really are based around passion and enjoyment and uh, wanting to help you know and that's that's the bottom line really is this uh, that's how, how it is you know we just need to, to try and find more along with what you mentioned already and if there's if there's anything else for, for some people on the Isle of Man they'll see the sidecars coming onto the mountain course once a year you'll see it maybe you know a couple of times with the, the classic and modern machines on the balloon course but outside of that there's a whole other season going on away from the isle of man how much does it for those who don't see sidecars away from the isle of man how different is the reality to what people see maybe here it's very different i mean uh, of course the the biggest thing here is the, is the isle of man tt races and uh, what a fantastic event that is and what a fantastic presence that that event has in in motorsport in the in general in the in you know worldwide um, and what we what we are doing unfortunately doesn't have that level of exposure and that level of presence um, but we still have a great following and uh, it's something I'm very committed to uh, short circuit racing is, is something I really enjoy I tried the the Isle of Man TT I really enjoyed the event but it was very very tough for me and I didn't really feel like uh, just didn't really feel like it was for me and uh, I've got my goals and, and, and what I want to achieve in, in world championship and and I feel like we're on the path to that, and I've, that's that's something that uh, 
I'd love to be able to, yeah. Well, un- unfortunately, the sport is is slightly under promoted um, in general. Um, but three wheeling guys are doing a great job of, over here. But unfortunately, there isn't something really that's pushing the world championship scene. Um, the the new promoters that took over this was the first year, so they're sort of learning lots of things and building building sort of. Uh, promotional tools to to kind of enhance that but uh, we've got a live stream uh, every round is live stream on YouTube and some of the events have reached like 200,000 views so it's not so bad it's just not where it needs to be and hopefully you know in the next three two or three years we'll improve that and the promoters will uh, get a grasp on what you know what what needs to happen and this is as well like you say that they've got some, you know, some systems in place there are efforts but you know this is the world championship this is like you know the top tier of you know sidecar racing around the world and why is that maybe the case that it doesn't get the exposure maybe that say uh, the different solo machine competitions get in my opinion uh, and it's only my opinion i think it's not being promoted correctly uh, or it's not being it's not it's not getting the full promotion that it it needs and deserves uh, i think but it's it's the first year for these new promoters, and I think given given them a bit more time, you know they're going to find their feet with it. They've done a great job with the the German Championship. They promote also the German Superbike Championship, which is doing really well in terms of a domestic series. It's probably the next best series to to BSB. But yeah, I don't really know. It's a tricky one. And in terms of the, I suppose the spread of the field, almost as it were. When you, when you look at say like the solar machines that um, come to the TT, for example, you've got your uh, you've got your big teams with your with your big sponsors maybe like that are competing towards you know, the, for, you know for podium spots top tens and whatnot and then for you know elsewhere in the order you've got your privateers who are putting every last penny into trying to make this work it's their heart and soul that goes into just getting themselves to that start line but in the sidecar side of things um between let's let's say the top of the grid this season and the bottom how big is the gap not just financially but in terms of the other resources around them as well for those who don't know in world championship yeah in, in world championship yeah so uh it's 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 really finance to be honest it's really finance if we go down to the bottom of the grid i mean there's still some some well financed crews at the bottom of the grid but uh it's more of a passion and enjoyment sort of thing and uh, i mean for a starter there's there's no one really that's professional in sidecar racing some people that 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 may look like they are but it's just uh it's not really so you can't be professional in sidecar racing we don't have the profile and we don't have the the events really apart from the tt where it has that uh, ability to to pay riders to, to to do you know to be the top level in, in their category. So world championship, it's it's very very it's it's everyone from the from the first place to the last place. It's there because they they love to do it. Really, no one's there for any financial gain. It's it's huge financial loss. But yeah, everyone's just as committed. It's just there's some of the teams that that are really struggle really struggle for for budget and you know they they'll use one set of tires for a weekend or even for for for, for a couple of meetings or they'll get a, a used tire off of someone to do the next race or something like that and that's how it's been for for a long time in sidecar racing you know everyone is 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 basically like one big family you know you've got the the annoying ones that you like like your brother you want to fight with or or whatever but they're all, it's all one big family if you need some parts you know you can generally go around the, the next garage and and get them and, and vice versa. Uh, that's how it works, and it, it doesn't really it really matter who's fastest or who's slowest. Um, we're all there because we love it, love to do it, uh, and yeah, we're just uh, we're all trying to, you know, trying to trying to enjoy our racing and enjoy our lives. 
like you say as well, you know, it's it can be challenging. There's not necessarily anyone that's like full time professional in cycle racing. You all do it for the love of it. And I'm sure you've probably had this before. People asking, "What do you do?" And you say, "I'm a sidecar racer." And some might be going, "Why on earth?" Are you doing something like that? But you say you absolutely love it. Where does this love come from? For those who aren't involved in it, where does this passion come from for sidecar racing? I think for most of us, really, I'd say a large percentage, uh, it was a family member or, or, or uh, you know, a, a father's friend or something like that uh, who was racing when we were really young. And it's all we really sort of grew up watching and, and knowing. Um, and that's kind of how we all just get uh, introduced to it. And then, I mean, generally, my, my dad was racing solo bikes, so generally, when we we're at the race meetings, I would I'd be watching all the racing with my mum as a young a young boy, and uh, I just loved the sidecars from day one. You know, they they um, you look at the track, what what what's that? You know, uh, it's it's baffling really. But I mean, it's still now when you talk to fans at the TT, you know, they they'll say that their sidecars are their favourite most of the time. You know, it's it's great. It's such a great sport and it's such a spectacle. And I think. Uh, most people that get into sidecars either knew someone in it or saw it and, and just thought, wow, you know, that's kind of how it works, really. And and this year, uh, in particular, there's been a, a big leap in getting people into the sport with uh, Greg Lambert. He's got a school in and uh, you can go and try being a passenger. And before that, I think the last they, they did that at Darley Moor many years ago. And I, and I don't know when that stopped but there's not many opportunities to try this you know to get into this sport most of the time you if you want to do it you've you've got to fork out you know 10 15 grand for for an old f2 bike uh, and go and have a go and you've got to buy all the kit the licenses and that's too big of a commitment to, to make without knowing do you know what i mean so uh, it's great what greg's doing and uh, it's a shame we can't do something on ireland really i i tried to get something going a little while ago and it's just hard with insurances and everything like that to make everything work but to get people into the sport, that's a good, that's a great way to do it, and that's how you get you get your try and you get hooked, and that's it. That was actually what I was going to come on to the fact of recruitment into the sport, and you've you've pointed out um, Greg Lambert there, and um, we spoke to Greg during TT actually, at, uh, it was either before or after one of the sessions, and he was talking about more incentives to get into the sport. If it was you saying to someone. This is this would be the best way to get into sidecars. What would it be? It's a difficult one. I mean, you, you have the Greg Lambert School, and apart from that, I think your only options you could do taxi rides at Cabell Park at the uh, Sidecar Festival in in I think it's in August most years. You can pay I think it's twenty pound. It goes to charity, and you get two laps. But you're not allowed to move, and uh, obviously for insurance reasons. But uh, you get to experience the the the, the sort of sidecar like the G forces, the braking. Um, and what it's like to be sat on a little tray, you know, 75 mil off the ground, going 100 mile an hour. So it, that's a, a little way to, to get an incentive, you know, to see how it see how it is. But uh, other than that, your only real options to try it is is the Greg Lambert School, which is which is a great thing. And uh, yeah, I really want to try and if I can promote that in just any way that I can. Go and have a look on his Facebook page, Greg Lambert Racing, and you'll see about that. Um, what what you can do, I, I'm not sure of the cost involved, but I know Greg's a good lad and he you know put on a good day for everyone. And if you really want to try it, that's a that's the way to do it. I mean, that's what I would say to to anyone who asks me how to get into it. It's not just saying to someone, "Here you go, let's plonk you on a sidecar." There are lots of other factors. There's you know the the cost of setting up any form of of school, if you like, if you want to put it that way, insurance, etc. Making sure you know that you know the bike the bike's up to standard, or if you had to have several of them, how would it actually work? out how many instructors you'd actually have so do you feel there's still quite 
if that was the route that was going to grow in future, do you think there's still quite a lot of things that that need to be done before it can it can start to grow from say what Greg's doing? Do you know I don't think, given this the the uh, the fact that it's a little bit of a minority sport, I think what Greg's doing is sufficient and 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 would be enough uh, to cover everything. I mean, he's got a couple of bikes. I think he uses one his older older TT bike that he's using for the for the school and. He gets good support from the sidecar community. I think I think people throw him tires and bits and bobs that he needs and bits and bobs for, to keep the engines going. There's, uh, I think it's enough. I mean, he's got a good little thing going there. I think he does. I don't know how many, but he does a few a few schools a year, and they're normally ten or twelve people each time. And I think he's had uh, three or four um, so far who've gone on to get their license. Maybe more. Uh, that's that's just what I've seen on Facebook. Uh, that he's that he's had gone on to get their race license. So yeah, I think I think really it doesn't need to grow more than that. If if you could get another one of them schools maybe over here or just once a year do something over here, um, that would be good. You might get if, you know five or six people on the island, or you might even get a few more than that that want to give it a go. And I think it would be good, you know, if they could do something like that in in France, maybe Holland and a few other places like that. I know they do something in Holland just to keep more people coming into the sport. But generally, the, the way it's promoted at the moment, um, there's not enough eyes on the sport to, to warrant another another school. This is it's quite perfect what Greg's doing. Well, coming back to um, Steinhausen Racing and the, um, the, the the season we've had, you had to um, withdraw prematurely from the French Championship because you had to focus your priorities on the World Championship. And uh, if you're able to secure everything going into the next season, would you ideally like to be racing on two fronts again or is there just going to be one focus as it stands? Yeah, the uh, the French Championship was a bit of a strange one. I mean, we, we only did the first round uh, as a warm-up for the World Championship round that then didn't happen. Uh, we got the calendar for the World Championship too late. We'd already kind of figured out what we were going to do and enter the, the French first round at Le Mans. And then we ended up deciding just to go to the next one to have another run before the first Grand Prix. So like it, it was just by chance really. I thought, oh, we're doing all right. Let's do one more. And we did one more and then it was just a case of, of funds. You know, it, it's it's you can't focus on the French Championship when we're trying to do a World Championship. Ideally, I would like to do the British Championship as well as the World Championship. I mean, that's that's the perfect way to stay sharp on the bike. And I think it could help with the, you know, local more local exposure for for sponsors and, and, and a place where they can come and watch uh, without travelling into Europe every time. So that could be quite good. But uh, it's finance. And uh, unfortunately for me, next year is going to be, I think, a little bit of a problem with, with time because uh, when I've been to date self-employed, uh, it's it's not feasible to carry on. I, you know, I, I'm going to have to get go employed next year, which is going to restrict me a little bit of time because we haven't got the budget to to do what we want to do you know and that's that's the sad reality reality of it but it is what it is you know we've just got to focus on the world championship and maybe if we can get a couple of extra rounds in in england that'll be good that'll be good for me good for sponsors good for family i mean uh, it's been uh, this was the first year that my dad hasn't been able to come to a race it's not so easy for him because he's in a wheelchair you see so uh it's it was i needed a race in england and we we didn't get one so uh that's a bit of a shame. So it would be nice to be back in England next year for the British Grand Prix. I think that's going to be at Donington Park, along with World Superbikes. It's not confirmed yet, but that would be great. And yeah, it will be good for all my family and, and friends and sponsors to come and have a look. 
We've talked about a lot of things as to with the sidecar side of things. You say it's about you know growing the the, the exposure of it and, and the recruitment. So, in your opinion, why is the perception of maybe sidecar racing different to solo machines? Is there anything in particular that means that sidecars aren't maybe quite seen by some people um, to be on the same status as it is with some of the solo machine competitions? I think there there might be sort of opinion of sidecars, a general opinion by a lot of solo riders or teams maybe that we're maybe a little bit less professional or something but uh, I don't think it's correct generally a lot of sidecars are are you know um, in general the, the solo teams they're, they're generally more f- well funded and at the top level of, of solos compared to the top level of sidecars you know all the sidecar guys we build all the stuff ourselves and you know when they need something welding they always go to one of the sidecar teams that's how it works uh, so maybe there's a, that opinion of the we're a bit of the old rufty paddock, you know. Uh, but uh, but then again, you look at say TT for example when that comes around, and you you look at say like you know the the Birchall brothers in there, you look at Pete Founds, Jevon Warmsley, the Crow boys in there as well, and you look at and just using them as a, a, examples, but like look at how professional their setups are. They've got these, you know, they've, they've got the bikes in pristine order. Everything is looked after extremely well. It's it, it's all well presented. So it. It doesn't seem like, like you say, if if that's the if that's the perception, but the reality is that maybe what people see, say TT, for example, is in fact a little bit different. Is it trying to get that message, I suppose, more widespread that this is actually how professional sidecar racing is? Yeah, exactly that. There are the teams that that, that really work on promoting their image, and I mean, image is a big thing in this sport. You know, uh, you've got to be professional. You've got to be clean, and and everything's got to be well presented. That's how it works. It's the modern age. It's the way it's it's it, the way it is now. And uh, if you want to get sponsorship and you want to look professional and be professional in the sport, you you need to you know look like it and work on your your image. And a lot of the teams now are, are doing that, but unfortunately, there are a lot of teams that aren't. Um, and I think you get that in solo racing as well. But generally, with the solo teams being slightly I think more well funded or well promoted it's it's generally more popular then there's more reason to do that more they've got their head switched on a bit more you know some of them but generally I mean if you look at the like you say walk around the TT paddock I mean the, the crow boys and and Birchall's like you say John and and and, uh, and Molly and I think us as well we worked a lot on our, our image last year how it looks how you present yourself and and you have to be, you have to be professional and, and and that's it is it a bit of a, a- a balancing act, though, coming back to that phrase, because as you've pointed out, the, the budgets that the sidecar teams have is nothing like, say, what some of these you know, solo competitors have and, the, and the, the manufacturers maybe behind them. The fact that some sidecar teams might argue, well, we'd love to look like that. We'd love to look this professional with all these resources around us. But all our resources are going to make sure we've actually got a bike on the circuit or on the road. Is is that a reality? Yeah. Yeah, it is a reality. Um there are, yeah, there, there are, unfortunately, that there, there are situations where we can't put, when we need to spend a little bit of money on a, on a banner to make ourselves look a bit more professional, but, you know, some teams, we don't have enough money for the tyre, so we'll get, a, we'll get a tyre instead, and they'll just work out of a, a pop-up awning or something like that, and, but that's, that's just the reality of, of sponsorships nowadays and how hard they are to come by, um, a lot of teams are struggling, you know, and, and uh, it is budget depending. You can't all spend three thousand pound on on uh, all nice clothing for the whole team when you've only got five thousand pound sponsorship for the whole TT. You know you've got you've got to get here. Um, you've got to have new tyres for the races. You've got to make sure your your bike's in tip top order. You know it's got to be meticulously pre- prepared and and gone over. Um, and that costs money. You know and and uh, yeah. 
unfortunately, there's not enough of it. I'm going to change route completely here because we've talked about all the sorts of, I suppose, debates and uh, challenges around sidecar side of things. And But let's look back at the season. You know, the, the fact that yourself and Kevin got yourself into the top five in the world this season, despite all the, the, the different obstacles you may have faced throughout the season, to be within that that top bracket of some of the top sidecar crews in the world how, how good does that feel come the end of the season yeah it feels fantastic especially knowing what we've been up against it feels fantastic I mean we've had some great races this year we've had so many fourth places which is really frustrating just outside but you know uh, but uh, yeah we've had a really good we started the season fantastically we had uh, a second in the first race uh, only behind the virtual brothers and they were phenomenal. I, I really thought, God, they're going to stamp away this year. But we, we managed to take the fight to them a couple of times, which was great. I mean, we've generally been a little bit down on top speed. Our engines are just straight out of the box from Yamaha. So that that's the first kind of hurdle, really. But given that, we still had a victory in, in Red Bull Ring in the wet conditions, which kind of leveled everyone. Um, you know, the rain always makes it, I say it's a great leveller, um, but I really want to win in the dry because it just looks like we're only good in the wet at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's been a great season. It's really been fun with the team. We've got some French in the team. So obviously from Kevin's side, Kevin's French and, and uh, the mechanic that comes with him and his, his mum and uh, uh, the, yeah, it's a lot of French talking. And then I've got obviously Rolf and Mike with the German. Uh, my fiance is Dutch, so we've got a lot of languages in the pit box, which has been quite uh, interesting at times to try and figure out what's going on. But uh, we've had a great, we've had a great year. Like there's no two ways about it. We made a couple of mistakes here and there, and we learned from them. And uh, yeah, we've, we've ended up top five. I mean, it's been a really competitive year, and. Uh, We've had some great races with some big names and we've we've come out on top. So, But the fact that you say there as well, you, you believe as a team as well, and like you say, with the, the, some of the results show it, is the fact that you, you are competitive towards the top of the order, you know, maybe with just a couple of changes here and there, it might just get start getting you closer to those front runners. The fact that, from what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you feel as a team that you're actually not that far away as opposed to making up huge ground. That must give you huge encouragement going into the next campaign. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, the the biggest issue we've had this year has been we've been missing a bit of top speed. You have had a couple of handling issues, but I think that was my mistake with the the fairing and uh, and obviously fine tuning the suspension, uh, which we've now done. So, uh, but the biggest thing for next year that I'm really really over the moon with is uh, we've got an engine package with uh, uh, we've got basically a sponsorship deal uh, for well a help with the the setup of the engines, and they will be uh, World Super Sport. The guy who make the engines is making them for world tubes, but obviously there'll be world championship spec, which is standard. I think they're making some small changes to the regulations for next year, but they will be as good as anyone's engines on the grid. So I'm going to have no excuses next year. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get on it. But uh, yeah, um, there's obviously a few things to improve, a little bit of fitness maybe, and just you know when everything's going well, I think we'll uh, we'll be we'll be right on it for sure. I think we're going to be winning winning races next year. I mean we've we've proved we're fast. We've had pole position in Assen. Uh, when we really hung it out for a lap and risk everything and we managed to do it uh, and uh, we've had you know a podium in in germany and uh, and a win in austria so we've been there thereabouts all season yeah i think we've had some good res- good results and shown good speed especially in 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 Oschleben at the end of the year we made a little bit of mistake on the on, with the starting lights which was a bit embarrassing but uh, we managed to fight back uh, all the way up to fourth in both races and uh we had the second fastest lap of the race both times, and if we'd have, we put our race pace together, we would have been in the top two. So it would have been close. 
you know, but it's just one of them things. We've had an up and down year and next year can only be better with this with this uh, with these new plans and obviously not just yourself and Kevin out on track as well but everyone that's in behind that as well that uh, you know, helps with everything that goes on behind the scenes as well you know how tirelessly is everyone work to make sure that you get to not just the end of the campaign but to finish it in a competitive place as well all those people that uh, are helping you get out there race after race yeah and I mean there's a lot of them I mean I've obviously talked about my personal sponsors that have helped me as well um, but uh, you know the team have got some 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 great sponsors I mean we've been helped by Wilbur's this year um, and Schmitz and Peters a company in Germany very close to to the to the team base and um, of course Mike and, and Rolf themselves and yeah there's obviously a lot of personal money that's gone in from from Mike and Rolf and a lot of time we had the ARS chassis this year which has been fantastic and that was that was a deal that we we, we struck up with with the with the factory to supply the chassis so we we've had you know some really good support and that's that's been great and we've kind of all gelled together as a team and uh, this is the sort of i think a good foundation to move into next year you know we're going to hit the ground running that's that's my belief thank you for having the stamina to make it to the end of the manx radio sportscast you're clearly someone who has their eye on the ball at all times want to hear more about the latest sporting news across the isle of man and much more then might I recommend you take the plunge and subscribe to this series or a wide range of Manx Radio podcasts at your favourite podcast provider so that, in a flash, all of our finest moments take a winner's place on your smartphone. Thank you.